You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Um, I want to just indicate right now that despite what you're about to hear, I have not agreed to do this podcast under duress. Uh, it's going to sound like I did, but I am here willfully. This is one of those times where I'm positive you don't know what the word distress means, because I know you love this movie. <laughs> oh, How could folks, you I... not? Shaq? No, there's a classic dichotomy that our show has picked up, a cadence, a, a, a tit for tat, and it's always that um, I come in with some amount of positivity, and you come in, uh, how can I put this, like someone left a diaper in the rain, and then you put it on right before you got on the mic. That's, oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's the gist that I think our, our podcast carries. So with that Soggy diaper said, bottom, yeah. Yeah, soggy diaper bottom. You know, as we've called you on the show before, uh, and as the t-shirts that I made indicate. Oh, um, no. Why are they selling so much better than the one I made? <laughs> but uh, this is not going to be a scenario where we're on opposite ends, but this time I'm the cranky one about Shaquille O'Neal, and you're all about it? I'm not all about it. It's not a <laughs> Okay. <good movie>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, I'm not my. insane, Ben. Uh, let's, let's not get crazy here. Uh it's, I it was say, definitely an entertaining watch in a way. Like I watched this one with people for once instead of oh by myself God. regretting my decision to do this podcast with you. Uh, so well, I then, enjoyed it in that regard, but it's a terrible movie. <laughs> well, then like a proper scientific experiment, we experienced this horror from two different angles, from two different variables. I watched this alone yeah, somewhat see, recently. I, I, <laughs> I think this is the exact opposite of our no- normal experience, which is I watch them alone. You watch them uh, usually with a guest. And it's it's a little less hateful when you have somebody else there. Yeah, in, instead of being able to share my contempt or joy for the contempt that I am growing, I simply had to write it into anger notes here within my uh, OneNote document, which just shows up as random notes between things that I'm attempting to be real notes or jokes where I just write, I'm having a bad time. I wrote that. I wrote, I'm having a bad time. That's something I wrote. But see, those... <laughs> These sound like my notes where I'll just have a note that says, like, this is fucking stupid or what the fuck? And I, I don't know what it's in regards to. It's just written with no context. And I'm like, I was really mad about something during this movie. So in, this is interesting. In case you did not check listen to our last minisode, which was a little bit ago, or check the title of this episode, you would be missing the fact that we are talking about the 1997 Shaquille O'Neal hit. Oh. Bomb. Uh, yeah, Actually, just... f- financial bomb. Uh, 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 steel, steel, not real steel. A movie which I don't even believe made a million dollars, if I remember it's correctly, a... when I looked it up. It's a movie so forgotten by history that if you attempt to, if you type in the word steel film, Google says, "Did you mean real steel?" And I said, "No, Google, I didn't mean that one with Hugh Jackman where he fights robots and it's basically sock and boppers." The fucking movie, Rock'em but uh, robots, Rock'em sock and robots, the movie. But uh, uh Barbers is a different thing, I just realized. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what the fuck that is. That's, that, those are the inflatable fist toy. Uh, it's oh, like a, all right. That's, that's the Barbers. Anyway. But yeah, I had to like, I actually had to be like specific. I'm like, no Google. Shaquille O'Neal, 1997 steel film. And I, I would be, I'm lying, but I wish that Google had just responded <laughs> by saying, are you sure, Ben? Like, <laughs> Which is like, I just need you guys to realize how bad it is, is that the movie Google wanted you to watch instead was Real Steel. Yeah, which that's... Which is essentially over the top, but instead of arm wrestling, it's just big robots. Hugh Jackman... And that is not a compliment. Talking up, like, like just kind of angling his head upwards to a fictional CGI robot for two hours was what Google threw in front of me like a bodyguard, like a Secret Service bodyguard to try and take the bullet for steel with Shaquille O'Neal. That's what it threw in for, in, in my path. Uh, and it failed because I watched it. Uh, I watched it, folks. I was going to say, I just typed in steel to see in Box Office Mojo how much money this movie made. And it tried to give me four other movies. Max Steel, which I don't know what that is. Man of Steel, Real Steel, and Steel City. A movie that grossed $10,000, it thought I meant, instead of Steel, which I guess actually grossed almost $2 million but cost $16 million. See, I just typed in uh, steel streaming now, and my Google just started calling my therapist. 
so it's like when you if you type in like how do you tie a noose into google the first search result is the national suicide prevention hotline <laughs> yeah uh, that's Don't what i meant to say i know that internet <laughs> it's, it's i typed i typed steel movie with shaquille o'neal and i got one result which was the national suicide hotline all right you're with, not alone with that, with that <laughs> you don't have to watch steel with that said we watched steel so we're excited to tell you how this fantastic uh, forgotten about character from a storyline that's often lauded uh <laughs> most of the times admonished uh, uh dc plotline regarding the death of superman leading to an array of characters that were invented one of which got its own spin-off movie that did not contain superman and contains sort of an Oracle ripoff, basically. But does contain uh, Shaquille O'Neal's real Superman tattoo, which was very confusing. Because <laughs> I was like, so yeah. is Superman real in this universe? I need something here. Uh, something else yeah. I learned was I mentioned I watched this with people. I watched this with a few of our friends, uh, Frank, Eric, and James. And I found out that Eric, for some reason, knows way too much about the death of Superman storyline and the characters surrounding it. He knew, like, a surprising amount about Steel and uh, John Henry Irons that I was, like, started to become concerned. <laughs> I was like, yet, oh, no, I need an intervention. Eric has terrible taste in comics. Yet you couldn't land him as a guest? No, because, I mean, <laughs> I guess I didn't think it through. <laughs> Also, we were. Sp- I thought we were going to record like two weeks ago, guys. So I watched this movie a very long time ago, and then Fair enough. did not. Neither me nor Ben really paid attention when we did the mini episode to be like, "What's next week? Christmas? We'll be fine." I don't know why <laughs> either one of us thought we would be able to record. And then, of course, the following week is no good usually because of New Year's and family and all that stuff. So, sorry well, with for that the pers- long wait. Let me refresh your memory, Poe, since it's been so long since you've watched it, and it has not been long enough since I've watched it. Uh, the intro, let me just hearken you back to those two weeks ago. Just, just imagine, like, just imagine the industrial, like, an industrial, like, commercial, like, like, you'd have to watch, like, a safety video about a steel mill, except instead of giving you facts about steel and molten steel and crude steel, you just sort of get, like, a, like, a porno soundtrack. Like, someone started up the, uh, the, the PC video game Interstate 76 in the neighboring room, and then just left this footage rolling for about, uh, I counted, two minutes and 45 seconds, uh, uninterrupted, in which you sit there wondering to yourself, do I really have to do this for another hour? What's interesting is the movie starts that way, and you're like, all right, all right, it's going to start at a steel mill. Nope, the guy's in the military. I don't know what the fuck that steel mill was for. I was like, wait, why is all this happening? Because it cuts to... Well, real quick here before you get past it, what's exciting about this is all I could think about to myself. Well, two things that all were that came into my mind while watching this, which was one, I really hoped that when this movie was in theaters, somebody came not knowing Steel, the character from DC Comics, and not seeing the poster. And when they sat down and started seeing just Steel being poured for the first two minutes, they thought to themselves. Fuck! Is this an hour of just like of He's just like, like wait a minute? This is a documentary about about ironmongers. Ah, oh, god damn it! And two, fucking Quincy Jones is a producer on this. Wait, see, I did not notice that. That yeah. is. And I had to look it up, and he was a major funder on this because he felt that Steel as a character meant a lot to him, and he wanted to see it done properly. I feel like Steel <laughs> as a character is like, especially for like the time period this came out, I'm sure tons of people were like, this is awesome. Like a black Superman. This is so huge. Oh, totally. For us, yeah. you know, like a mar- marginalized community. And then they saw this and they were like, God damn it. This is, did anybody read the script? Who cast a seven foot tall basketball player who cannot act to save his life? And oftentimes looks way too close to the center of the camera. There's like four or five people in this movie who keep looking directly at the camera. Like they gla- like you could tell it's like they're like, oh right, don't look at it. like their eyes go and then immediately snap back. It's very weird. It's also weird because the one thing that you would think Sha- Shaquille O'Neal would be good at would be the physicality of the movie. But he is like he moves like Batman uh, the first Batman movie in the rubber like he's wearing a rubber suit when he's not yeah, in he's- the suit yet. Like he pre-suit. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a man who at like this point is like played the NBA is having like hip problem. You know what I mean? It's like, he's not a graceful man when you're seven and a half feet or like seven foot tall. It's not like you're known for being like, wow, so agile. So it's a weird choice to be like, yeah, oh, I guess that, that's not. Gonna... And then they put him in this suit, which 
might as well have just been like a piece of solid plastic that he couldn't move in that looks nothing like metal either no i've never seen a shittier paint job in my like it looks like somebody gave me a can of silver spray paint and was like make this look like metal and i was like uh yeah and it's not even remotely shiny it has like no metal contour and the face mask is clearly rubber because when he talks the sides that go down over his mouth they flex yeah, yeah they flex like so noticeably too that you're like and that's just styrofoam he's just wearing a styrofoam headpiece all they had to do was make that part like hard plastic or at least parts of it hard plastic so it wouldn't move as much yeah or i mean at this point it would have been better they just painted his face in silver like like he was a tin <laughs> yeah man. And just, just been give like, him, uh? just give him like a Robin like eye mask. Just give him anything because it did not look good. Because it wasn't, it didn't look anything like the original steel cost. Any of the variations of the steel costume. That no, it's just a seen. man in a full suit of steel armor, even his head. More importantly, it, it didn't, it didn't encompass anything about the character. I mean, he was like, he was like a Superman like character. He would, he would kind of soar in. He'd punch some well, people. His, yeah, his suit had jet like rocket boots, so he could fly. Which and Eric, I know that's that's that was something hard. Eric had to inform me, uh, but that's, he wielded that's... a big hammer that he used like it, a big it, hammer. I was gonna say importantly, like a hammer. I want to be clear here: at no point in the movie Steel with Shaquille O'Neal, where he carries a sledgehammer throughout the film for for half the movie, does he hit anything with a sledgehammer? Did not even like knocks. Down. At one point, they're like not stuck once. in a room, and I'm like, "You have a sledgehammer, just knock the door open." Do you understand that's, how sledgehammers work? They're gigantic weights on the end of a stick. Like they're made for only one purpose. That's Chekhov's hammer right there, and it yeah. fucking it failed us. It, it failed really, us badly. it really annoyed the shit out of me when, like, by the end of the film, I was like, "You're telling me he's not going to hit like the head bad guy with this sledgehammer, and he's going to go flying? You guys nope. missed the chance to do like a golf tee up swing into the main bad guy, who Which is deep- who is the main bad guy? I think needs to be mentioned." Do you mean do you mean Judd Nelson? Yeah, that's right. Breakfast Club's <laughs> Judd Nelson. Smoke up, Johnny. Um, this is what happens when you you know you don't you don't stay in school. You know you yeah. you, you, you drop out. You join the military. And this then is what you, happens when you age out of John Hughes movies. And then you blow up a senator, and you become uh, an arms dealer. Yeah, the the whole plot. I'm sorry. Of this movie real, real quick is here. You don't just be, at best. You don't you don't become an arms dealer. You, you sign up to work with an arms dealer whose best operation is shipping arcade machines with two guns in them yes. in, in the late 90s. That's booming industry. <laughs> this guy, he goes to this person who is a, a gun runner who is running guns by selling arcade games and putting guns in the cabinets. Two! And in your mind, you're like, oh, that's actually not that bad of an idea because they'd never open up the cabinet because all this in its electronics. Then they cut to them loading one of the machines, and they're just hanging guns, which appear to be loaded, on, like, coat hangers, and just two of them, sticking them in there, and then putting the backpack on. It's like, it's a gigantic empty box. You can fit, like, 40 machine guns in there. So many guns. And so at it's least like don't, some guy don't... owns, like, 92 Dig Dugs, because he needed to fund a revolution. <laughs> yeah, that's my problem, is, is, you're, how many, how many copies of... A arcade game. Do you have to send someone? And by the way, this is '97. It's arcades aren't booming right now. They're well, doing is, okay, but also, like arcade, they're on the like, downslope. You know how hard it is to like send an arcade. It's not like it's a box. You can. They're very large. <laughs> you would have to get like a freight to move them. It would be be like a lot of extra expense to send these guns when it would probably just be just easier to put them in the back of your car and drive them to the person who bought them. And usually if you're an arms dealer who's shipping guns, you want to choose a commodity that is also high value. That way when you become very rich, it's not as suspicious. If you're literally just a guy who ships well, arcade is, machines this to is malls. Why I feel you're wrong, Ben. Because at one point they show the basement of the arcade dealer, which also has an arcade in it, which makes not the most sense. But it is jam. Like, people are fucking jonesing to get into this arcade to play Time Crisis, which was in the background and really brought back some fond memories of some... Which I feel like, if you're going to put a gun in a case and send it, Time Crisis. Because then you guys can practice aiming with the light guns. Here's here's what you do. You just replace the guns on the Time Crisis game with, with the real, real guns. Yeah, 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 it's genius. It's genius. But um, to get back to... to also, to- I don't know what we were expecting from the guy who runs the... Gunrunner, because he has like a bleach blonde mullet 
So I maybe this was the best idea this guy was ever going to have. But I want to I want to get back to our origin story, which, by the way, folks, as you know, here at Not Another Origin Story, we have come up with the perfect comic book movie formula. The primary tenet of which is that your superhero, your first superhero movie uh, in a franchise. Too bad, still never made it to a sequel. Um, yes, God, what we missed ne- out on <laughs> needs to squeeze that that origin story in under thirty minutes, or you've lost us. If your character named steel isn't in steel by minute 30 or thereabouts you have failed and uh pokes it took 58 minutes before we see the steel costume get on they did not make it yeah i i, I when it when they popped up i was like somebody tell me how long it's been and i had it at about 48 minutes so i must have counted him making the suit maybe before he <laughs> i guess when he first puts it on then it's like another 10 minutes before anything happens uh, but it is it is shocking because there is no setup that was required for this. Like the setup to this movie is so long before he becomes Steel, and so stupid. Like it, it would have I in in like his the whole origin makes no sense because like it, the better origin would have been uh, there's crime in his neighborhood. He's inspired by Superman, just like the real character from the comics. And decides to build a steel suit and become a superhero. There you yeah. go. I, I don't need I don't need anything because there is really nothing else to his story in this. They add a, a thing to be like his villain is his villain because of this minor incident in which he paralyzed a friend of theirs, which I guess isn't a minor incident. But you know what I mean? It's like ah, it's not like the gravitas of like oh, I need to be Spider Man because I feel it's my fault Uncle Ben died. Oh, I watched my parents killed in an alley, so I'm gonna become a superhero. This is like. A douchebag who got dishonorably discharged really would have been sentenced to prison. I, I mean, I don't. You can't paralyze another military officer due to like a failure and get dishonorably discharged and not go to prison. Like, you know, what I mean that that part was right. very weird. But it's but like the, that, and that's it. And like, and then it just happens. This guy decides to sell these ultra powerful weapons in Los Angeles. If he had gone anywhere else, Steel wouldn't have given two shits. Yeah, Steel's not gonna fly there. Or so drive it's that it's it's only because of. Uh, like geographical location does steel decide to become a superhero this guy does this in sacramento nothing and you've got you've got two paths to doing a superhero origin story better than this and we've seen them done a couple of times uh our first episode ever batman which you know notoriously ragged on pretty hard but has i think the better plotline that you could have done here which is just that steel you know you cut to you know people in an alley uh, or, or, or some criminals in an alley chasing somebody or perhaps uh, robbing a convenience store, whatever it may be, and uh, as they're about to shoot someone, some innocent, uh, a chest, a chest of steel is placed in front of them, and then there's a steel man there, and he beats them up, and then you go, "Who's this guy?" And then you kind of learn this person that that decided to stop sitting behind, back and watching crime take over the neighborhood and do something about it. That is easy. I just wrote a better script for the first ten minutes than also a than very easy story in the late '90s to be set in LA to be like, yeah, it's got a real crime problem. And I, Which was and like one, a notorious during the the early nineties yeah. to the two thousands. L A was known for having a, like a serious crime problem. I mean, it's still not known for having a great crime problem, but yeah, and that's that's it. You've got you've got the movie. You've cut out an unnecessary storyline about how the aunt is going to open a restaurant. You cut out holy shit. The, so the, much the aunt through story of her making a souffle was the most head-scratching moment in a film that makes little to no sense to begin with. It was a running gag that I was like, why do they keep doing this? And to necessitate the bit of her doing these soufflés, which I this is like an, a thing, soufflés will fall if there's like loud noises, or it's more like vibration will make a souffle fall before it's finished cooking. And so when you make them, you're not supposed to do anything around them. So the joke is something keeps happening or soufflés fall which necessitates the characters whispering to each other. Do you know what isn't good for a movie? A three-and-a-half-minute dialogue scene where both characters are talking in a hushed whisper. Like, it was so hard to understand what that lady was saying. I was like, I, I don't know. We had to turn it up really loud. And then when, like, the, the cops burst in, it, like, almost broke his fucking TV. I was like, why would you film a scene all in whispers? Yeah, three times. Three times we go back to that bit. We return to that well. It's it's an unsustainable bit that is at no yeah, point worth it 
it's a bit where you're just like, wow, really? You guys were like, this is the one we can't let go. We need to just keep this baby riding until the end of time. So, Pokes, I have to ask you a question. Um, have you ever worked at a steel mill before? Uh, yeah, for like five years. Okay. So that's, that's really useful information because in your five years of experience at a steel mill, were there just were there just attractive women in Zuba's pants just like chilling? Okay. That scene is one of the most absurd. Like, you know how dangerous it is to walk around a fucking steel mill? Like, me, I went one let, time to a, I went to a place that just made pianos. That's all they make. But they make the wires there. Yeah, and they piano have metal in them. Uh-huh. And I went to, to talk to him about putting up sign, whatever, for my actual job. And the guy was like, you can't cross this line. And the machinery was like a good 40 feet behind the, the thing. He was like, you can't walk past that line. There's like molten metal back there. And I was like, wow, that's that's some security. Like, I would have to run for, like, 30 seconds to get to the molten metal to hurt myself. But this place just acts as though while people are pouring molten metal, you can just walk up behind them. Yeah, and, and check like, him out. But he's wearing, like, the dumpiest overalls because when you pour steel, you, you wear, like, you know, really thick flame-retardant leather and stuff so that you don't get burned. You know, like yeah. a, a t- an outfit where you're like, ooh, check out this sexy piece of ass. Steel is decked out in full OSHA. He's like a fireman, and as is everyone behind him, they're all like goggles, helmets, like 10 layers of fire-retarding clothing. And these two women come by in just short sleeve shirts and Zuba's pants, and they're just like, sup, Shaquille? And then Yeah, and also like you look at them and you're like, somehow I don't feel those two people run the steel mill. Like, I'm not trying to be, like, a gender bias. It's more the way they're dressed, and I'm like, I don't think those women run the steel mill. Yeah, they <laughs> were on... think you come looking like you're getting ready to go to jazzercise, and you're like, all right, I gotta start my day as the foreman of a steel factory. They were on their way to, uh, like, just, like, a house party that their friend was throwing. They weren't, yes. they weren't doing work. <laughs> but she's carrying a clipboard, where I was like, what is she doing? Like, And they come back twice. Twice they return to these characters. Like at one point, he like one of them comes up and hands him a check. At no point does he flirt, communicate, talk to them. Like they're I feel just like that might have something to do with Shaq. Very often does he communicate. His uh, acting is aggressively not good. Um, speaking of acting that's not good, Judd Nelson uh, attempts to be a villain in this film, and is... I, he is phoning it in. Yeah, big time. The the best scene is when they uh, he he's testing out his weapon that he's making uh, after he's dismissed from military service uh, somehow not in jail, uh, and he's he's just he, he's dismissed and he's brought apparently stuck plans for this gun out with him, and he's manufacturing it with this arcade cabinet douchebag, and uh, I guess some woman who works for the help me out here some woman who works for the arcade cabinet guy. Like, says, like, you know, you're not going to last long around here. And then he bombs the elevator that she gets on moments later, and she yes. dies. And is she, no is, she, one... sorry, is she named at any point? Cause... Yeah, she's elevator murder victim. <laughs> I think that's, like, if I'm right, I think that's a Polish last name. Like, wait, she, she is killed. And at the last moment, she's like, no, wait, and she dies. And it's all built the way that you'd be like, wow, that what a big turn for him to take this woman out. We're, we're nine minutes in. I don't know. I we don't barely know. Who she know who, is. I barely know who Judd Nelson is. Like <laughs> you barely know who the bad guy is because he appears to just look like. I, I mean, he looks like an out of work porn star. He doesn't look like he's the head of this gang. No one appears to be the head of the gang. There's that dude who has the insanely deep voice, which I wish he had just had most of the dialogue in the movie because it sounds like they're putting his voice through something. The the one black henchman. His oh, voice yeah. is so deep. It's, like, absurd. Everything he says, you're like, wow, that's... Yeah, that's it's Darth... Some... Someone put, like, two layers of Darth Vader over it in, like, post, and it's... No, it's... that's the guy's actual voice. I've seen <laughs> him in other movies. He sounds like that in every movie. It's um, insane. It is crazy. He's got to get leave the best uh, phone messages. But the thing that's also weird is, like, they set up... He's building these guns, and all the future guns are just regular guns and they've just taped like four flashlights and three scopes to them like there's yeah. scopes looking into other scopes it's like that's not how that works it's yeah. like they they were like hey we need futuristic looking guns and they were like we got no idea how to do that so i taped four mag lights in this scope backwards to a gun 
looks futuristic now. It's like, no, it still looks like a gun with like 90 flashlights. There's it's so many times how bad they look. The garbage gunplay too, especially there's a, in, there's a couple moments in the last scene where Judd Nelson's character is holding some sort of bizarre rifle, like pistol that has like a six ounces attached to the end of it. Yeah. And he, and he's firing it and you could see, cause you know, obviously all the effects of these guns are just like laser star Wars, laser blasts that are being done in post. You could see him just like going, like, like, like kicking the gun back massively in a way that shouldn't happen with a laser. Yeah. Gun. It's like, if you've ever watched the footage of Han Solo or uh, star Wars, when they're filming the, the scenes, Han Solo will, or Harrison Ford will actually go bang with his gun and he like makes it go up when he fires. So they know when to put in the effect. Yeah. When they were going back through, they're like, you have to make a noise. So when the guy does it, he knows you were, that's when you thought you were pulling the trick. So they put it, it's like when you watch it, he's just like, bang, bang, come on, kid. Bang. It's like the most lackadaisical. You're like, this is, I don't like this at all. I love that's that. The way this, that's the way this felt. And what's crazy is these guns are supposed to be like so high tech, but repeatedly people get shot with them and are perfectly fine. Like Shaq gets shot oh, yeah. in the back with it. Back of the head. He, Back of the fucking head. And he puts fine. a band-aid on it, and it's fine. <laughs> the The guy at the end, who's the, who, uh, uh, the head of the gang, the guy with the eye patch, who's wearing like dominatrix overalls. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that guy was. He gets shot twice with it, and then at the end, they blow open a wall, and Steel's like, "Get out of here!" And he just runs away. It's like, it's like, well, why are you worried about these guns being out? They, they're worse than a real gun would have killed that guy. That I say gang. give everybody these shitty laser guns. Not since The Wire has a piece of media ever so accurately nailed what what gang what, what real life gang gang members are like. Uh, these the, gang members made the gang members in The Crow look like the Crips. I mean, they it is like they are they are like the worst. Like the one guy's like, "You suck," and his friends are like, "Yeah, you do." It's like that's the best hype you got. <laughs> Like, this is the worst hype gang I've ever seen. And they're all, like, some of them are just, like, wearing, like, gabardine. It's like, none of them are dressed like, he's dressed like he's in some sort of weird sex fetish shop. Yeah, and he's like, got a he's got a buckle front onesie overall and an eye patch. What do I mean by that? And it's all leather. It's an it's, all leather overall, which is think, insane. Think of overalls in your head. You think of two straps over the shoulder. But now, what if one strap just came around your neck and then buckled for some reason i guess so you can make pee pee in the middle uh oh, and then I mean, he looks so much like a weird gimp it's just creepy i mean the sex thing it was bizarre because he looked like uh he looked like a a a gangster in like the running man you know what i mean yeah he like, yeah he looks like somebody who's like gangs are gonna be so crazy in the future yeah but he was like a cyberpunk from like the year 3000 as of written in the 80s yeah. But he, but the rest of his gang was just in t-shirts and jeans. Like they were absolutely normal people. I do not understand why he. Yeah, the one he, guy did, literally looks like he was like, were, like he was a PA, and they were like, "Shit, we need another gang member." And they're like, "You, you look vaguely gangy." And he's like, "What?" And they just like put him in the seat. He's just wearing a button-up shirt. Yeah, and it, the sleeves rolled up. Sir, we, 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 we fitted the rest of the gang with their uh, gang outfits, but unfortunately for the lead gang member, we forgot to get a costume. We do have this space pirate costume from another film. Do you think we should get that to We him? do have this from the time I spent working in a, you know, a weird sex fetish shop downtown in Los Angeles. But it is great because it feels like they they took the one guy and they were like, well, we need one Hispanic person to be in the gang. And they picked this guy, but he looks so out of place because he's not dressed like the rest of them. He doesn't have like 80 accessories. And he's like the guy who has like nothing to contribute when they're talking. So it's just like, you're like, I don't even think they wrote this guy lines. Like they were just like, just agree with everything everybody else says. So, Pogues, I have to talk about Steels or Shaquille's. Shaquille. I have to talk about Shaquille O'Steel's first fight, first action sequence in this movie. That takes place after the bank robbery when he chases. Yeah, so you're talking about when he's actually Steel. No, 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 like b- oh, pre- sh- yeah. You're pre- talking steel. about when they go to the train yard. Yeah, I'm talking about is for some reason yard. just randomly shooting trains. Fight sequence. I need to talk about this because this is a 10 minute sequence in which a man clearly runs slower than he can has to, or 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 would normally run to not get too far ahead of a lumbering, very tired Shaquille O'Neal who is chasing him through this this steel yard. And all that's happening for about eight minutes of the ten 
is that there are trains coming together and like but they're like as if trains are just shot out of a tube at each other yeah there's no like a couple of them aren't even being pushed on anything there's just a train just comes rolling out of nowhere but no locomotion as if like they're just drawn together when you put trains close enough together they have to connect i need to clarify this folks because in the listener's head you may have put an image where something in the scene was moving fast and nothing was oh no the great part is this is the start where you realize like this scene i was like oh no you can't find a stuntman for shaquille o'neal so all of this is really him and it's gonna be terrible and it gets progressively worse as the movie goes on his fight scenes are and this is not even really a fight scene and that's what's insane is like at the very end he catches this guy and like ben said someone shoots him in the back of the head with a laser and he gets up as if like somebody hit him on the back with like a piece of balsa wood or so it's like he just gets up he's like oh man and then this was the part this was one of the many scenes which i was like what the fuck when he then calls the general that he used to work with in the military but he calls him from a payphone like how the fuck do you reach a general from a payphone because the general appears to be like deployed like he looks like he's in like iraq and i'm like this dude just picked up a, like a payphone was like yeah i need to talk to general marks and they're like, all right, hold on, we'll find him for you. But it's like I, I, you don't know, and you also don't have your own phone. Who's oh, that, fucking calling from payphones? And this? I don't want to completely blow past this train scene. You've you've not given it enough time because this may be one of the worst attempts at filming an action sequence I've ever seen. And I'm not saying that because it's fresh. I mean, I generally like con- context-free. This is one of the worst attempts at a thrilling scene I have ever seen. Because in addition to the the half-hearted jog, the slow clacking of, of trains gently coming together for eight minutes, and and, and, and people just kind of fumbling over ra- railroad ties. Um, you also have one of the many points in this movie with the most bewildering soundtrack I have ever heard. This scene is, I can only describe the music playing. Calling it elevator music would give it too much energy. It's instead like if you turn on TV at like a hotel and there's that like like checkout screen and there's just like a like like a like a boring piano riff playing on a loop that's all you're getting for this 8 minute 10 minutes fight sequence it's just this like Shaquille O'Neal hopping a rail tie and there's like boom 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 like that's all you're getting it's it's and it is just like you were watching, like, at one point they jump over a fence and they show, like, Shaq going over it. Oh, no. And it's like the one guy climbs and jumps over it. Shaquille, like, literally, like, lays on it and he's so tall that he just, like, folds over it and then, like, rolls. And you're like, the whole time I was like, this is the end of his career. If I didn't know better, like, there's no way he's landing and not being. And it's just like, he's chasing him and the whole time. You're like, how is this dude not beating Shaq? Like, there's, it's not like Shaq was known for his speed in basketball either. I mean, it is it is really bad, and the trains part is like absurd. But at this point, but it is Pogues. This takes us to something really special, which is the culmination. Uh, uh, No, sorry, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but we approach here because after this moment, he's 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 put into the steel outfit, Uh, and we we also have the return of his friend, right? Uh, Sparks, Sparky. Oh yeah, he well he finds out that Sparks is out and not doing well in the hospital so he goes to get her at a mili- at like a va hospital and, and how, does, how does that go pokes okay i got a question for you <laughs> he shows up and she's in a va hospital she's in a wheelchair because we find out she's been paralyzed well we already knew she was paralyzed. first when he first goes at when she's first in the hospital did you notice this this is like the very beginning he goes to see her, and she says something about it. She's like, yeah, when I... He's like, you're going to get better. And she's like, yeah, when I get out of this bed, when I get up and get out of this bed. And they cut, and the nurse who's, like, checking her blood pressure, like, it's like, shakes her head like, mm, she's not getting up. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? It's like, she does it, and the lady doesn't know, but it's like, right there, she's looking at check, like, mm, she's never getting up. But then when he goes to see her in the thing, did you think she was blind? I I did. She she won't look at him. She's she, she's not blinking. She's just right. looking out this window, and he's talking to her, and she's talking back to him. But she never looks at him. And I was like, oh, she's blind too. That's a weird twist. I didn't see that kind. And then no, she's not blind. <laughs> she's just I guess catatonic. No, 
if you could text Eric for me and ask him if Susan Sparks is a real DC character that helps out Steel, is that right? Or is it just like they took the Oracle character and like put it in Steel? That's a good question. Uh, did you also... I liked that everybody uh, stood up and was clapping when he like picked her up and started carrying it. It's like, um, this is an officer and a gentleman. He's literally just taking a woman out of a hospital. Like, she's obviously in this VA hospital for a reason. She's probably going through, like, therapy and rehab and all this stuff. And he just, like, picks her up and walks out. And everybody there's like, yeah! It's like, I don't think that's what happens when you just take people from a hospital. Do you think they were like, yeah, he's gonna be back here for a minute. He's gonna take me home. <laughs> yeah, well, also he, like, at one point, like, slams the window and, like, explodes. And I was like, ooh, I'd be af- if everybody, if I was there, I'd be like, oh, he's going, like, chief from one flew over the cuckoo's nest on his list. <laughs> Nobody fall asleep. He's going to try to smother you. And, and this is a moment where, uh, you know, as he's convincing her to come back before he smashes the window, where, you know, up until this moment, he's only been given sort of these, like, very simple context moments where he's, like, reacting to people going, blowing through a bank. He's reacting to his mom whispering to him or aunt whispering to him about a souffle. And this is a moment for Shaquille O'Neal to take on this role where he encourages a woman who's had a disabling injury and has had her worldview like completely shattered, uh, and give her that that, that powerful speech uh, in a moment that I like to call uh, uh, shacting, uh, where he delivers this monologue, where I think this is one of those moments, Pogues, where he looks right at the fucking camera. <laughs> Yeah, this is one of the moments where he like glances and you're like, no, buddy, you can't. I know you think that the audience is who you're talking to, but don't look at the camera. And he looks nervous and like he wants to go home while he's mid-sentence. And it is hard to sit through. <laughs> it's, it's a couple of moments where he's given not just a, a chance to pretend that his hammer is a rocket launcher – but actually, like, try to do acting, and yikes. Yeah, I it it's not great, and it doesn't help that it's, like, not a particularly stirring uh, speech. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you're like, yeah, he's really laying it down. You're just but, like, wow, this is aggressively bad, and it really is, like, the moment where you're just like... And what I, what I was shocked at, was, I was like, this had to come out after, before Kazam. Because there's like there's no way they made Kazam, and they're like, let's put this guy in another movie. But I'm I think when I looked it up, I gotta double check now. It's after this Kazam is, for this sure. This is after Kazam. Yeah. So somebody saw him rap as a genie, and they were like, yeah, let's let this guy act again. I mean, it's insane. It's so bad. And then like this is like the start too of of a series of things where I feel like yeah, you know, like when he kidnaps her, I'm like, that's kind of weird. He just like takes this woman out of a hospital. But then what makes it even more egregious is he drives her, not to his home. He drives her to where she will be staying, which is a junkyard in which they've made a handicapped bathroom. Yeah, not a thrilling place to take you to. Although, Also, not a particularly safe place for a person in a wheelchair. Although there is one bonus about being there. Richard Roundtree is there. Yes, Richard Roundtree, who has, I think, hands down, the best line in the entire movie. Which is? Which is, I'll be dipped in shit and rolled in breadcrumbs. <laughs> That's right. That's a, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I'll be dipped in shit and rolled in breadcrumbs. An expression he puts out as if it's like, oh, that went through that, like a hot knife through, but as if it's like a, an <laughs> idiom everyone uses. And I was like, I need to work that into my everyday vernacular. Like, next time I'm surprised, I need to say, I'll be dipped in shit and rolled in breadcrumbs. <laughs> he also he also has, like, a um, a Danny Glover moment where when, when the steel's on his first mission, um, he's like, he's, I'm, getting, I'm too old for this. I was going to say, all he's even... doing is just watching this woman type. He's, he's not doing anything. It's like, I'm too old for that. Uh, yeah, I mean it's so weird. Uh, for those of you that did, that maybe didn't react appropriately for for my announcement of Richard Roundtree, uh, let me just remind you of um, bad motherfucker. Uh, Richard Roundtree is the original Shaft, my friend. Original Shaft. That is true. 
And then also in the Shaft remake that shouldn't have been made at some point. Uh, but that yeah, he's also true. And by the way, just real quick, uh, Susan Sparks was made up for the movie and she was indeed actually supposed to be uh, loosely based on Oracle. I fucking knew it. Did Eric get out? Did, did Eric, our sort of guest, give you that information? No. Are you kidding? Texting Eric and waiting for a reply after like four thirty when he gets off work is like a fool's errand. I just googled it. But Richard Rattray is the only person in this movie who seemed to want to be there. Like he is doing a perfectly good job. He doesn't have much to do. No. The only thing he appears to do is uh, they. He's you know Shaq bring or Steel brings sparks and he's like i want to combat the weapons and he's like make a list of what you need and richard roundtree's like you'd be surprised what falls off a truck and i'm like wait is this guy stealing because that's a weird twist to put into the movie just to be like oh yeah we're stealing but it's for good so it's fine it was also just like a weird i was like wait does he live he also appears to live at the junkyard too yeah which is like a, a weird junk it's the cleanest junkyard it has like very clean lanes but it's just like a random dump now Shortly after this, at once the steel suit is in operation, which we've already described as being a humongous well, joke. Can we talk real quick about the first scene in which steel appears? Is this the mugging he stops? Yes. Two I people... Would, I, two wanted people to, I wanted to get to this, but go ahead. Two people are mugged in a very uh, Batman, the first Batman movie, since you referenced it earlier, sort of way where they're like two rich people kind of like walking, and this like tweaker dude comes up and he goes to mug them and Shaq shows up. And he, the guy says he's going to shank him. And there's a pretty boring fight scene that's mostly just Shaq picking him up and, like, hammering him to a wall or something. I don't remember it. But did you notice how that scene ends? Uh, well, he talks to the, uh, the, two, the, two, the two nearly robbed folks again. Uh-huh. And no, I don't. <laughs> he talks to them. And then to leave, he's like, I have to go. Oh, yes, yes. And he turns, and there's just an escalator, and he just gets on, and he's like, goes up an escalator. That's like, he just saved these people. And he's, they're like, thank you so much. He's like, you're welcome. And then just slowly, like, goes up out of screen. It's the most, it was the most bizarre thing. I could not stop laughing when I saw no, it. No, like, I... Because he's I, just like, and it's like, you can't look cool when you're on an escalator. Like, and he's, like, trying to look back at them but not fall over because, you know, your balance is always kind of fucked up on an escalator. <laughs> it's so good. If, if you are going to watch this movie, just watch for that scene. It's one of the ones where I'm, like, just perfect. I got to find a, uh, a clip of it if I can. But are you aware who the mugger was? I saw no. that guy, and I was like, that guy looks fucking familiar. It's, uh, it's Oscar-nominated oh, uh, uh, actor John Hawks. Uh, he's in really winter's bone. Uh, he's in identity. He's in a ton of eastbound and down. He's in, uh, contagion, uh, deadwood for quite, quite, uh, uh, quite a long time. Like he's like, um, I, I know him from a number of things, but yeah, yeah. You've definitely seen him. If you look him up, what the fuck is he? T- he's just like this scared. This mother. had to be like a, like an early role. Huh? Oh. He's not known for it on IMDb. That's surprising. <laughs> No, this was not an early role. God, he was in a lot of shit before this. Jesus Christ, man, your agent sucks. <laughs> he's in like nine movies before this where he has like a character name, and in this one he's just called Mugger. They didn't even give him a fucking name. No, but at this point the movie shifts into where we get a lot more steel for our money. Uh, well, but it's, it's... It's not good steel. Because again... Pogues and I, and probably every single person in every movie theater in 1997 thought was, I can't wait for Steel to hit someone with this fucking hammer. But guess what? The hammer just has, like, nine Inspector Gun gadgets in it. And yeah, that's it has, all. like, a sonic weapon, a laser. And can uh, we clarify here, this, t- disguising a gun as another object f- is is done for the purpose of not, like, eliciting the people that you have a weapon. So don't don't put all your guns in a hammer, which is in a weapon. In a weapon. <laughs> God damn it! It's like it's like oh, I need to carry a so- like a, a sword, and I don't want anybody to know. I could put it in a cane or this sawed-off shotgun. I'll go with the shotgun. It's just such a weird choice, and like the whole time, every like at one point too. In after that, he's fighting these gangbangers who are just like having this random fight. 
and they start driving, and it's like they're going to drive into him. And I was like, oh, here it comes. They're going to drive right at him. He's going to take the sledgehammer and, like, drive it through the hood. I was so ready And it's going to make it. the car, like, flip over. Because later they do a pretty decent stunt where they flip. Oh, wait, that might have been a different movie that I'm thinking of. You know what? They didn't do a decent stunt. That was in Predator 2, I'm thinking. <laughs> I just watched that recently. Uh, but, no, but, I mean, I was like, I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And then, no, he just hits it with the Sonic thing, and the car just stops moving. And they all pop out the windshield. It's like, that's it? Like, he could have done something so cool. I had a different thing was I thought he was going to just, like, shoulder into it. And he was, like, you know, he's just made of steel. Either one of those would have been great. <laughs> I, I was so excited for a cool moment. But, no, yeah, he takes this weird, like, and it looks like it's made of, like, foam and PVC. It's not a yeah, cool everything gun is made of foam in this. Or weapon. And, yeah, he just, he just, like, pops a little radar dish out of it and stops a car in his tracks, which is the least exciting solution to that that scene steel it is, it is very weird that they're like what can we do and i'm like what if and then there's like this weird grappling hook scene and like a weird scene where he like tries to jump a building but it's like there's no stakes because you don't give two shits so you're like watching this and you're like nah, nah. and it, at one point when he turns on his he makes his suit an electromagnet and all the weapons fly at him, and the one gun goes, like, right into his ass. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, that was a weird choice. But it's, like, it's also a magnet that only affects certain things, because most everything, like, jewelry and stuff doesn't come off. It's just really weird. And then but, you're like, there, he stopped something. But it's like, that's not what he was trying to stop. He was trying to stop people with laser guns. He just stopped a random gang fight. But then, Pogues, we are introduced to the villain, and the villain, their, their magnum opus, the greatest plan, you have ever seen in a superhero movie, Judd Nelson is going to sell a bunch of guns on eBay. Yeah, I could not believe, at one point during the movie, he asked, they're getting ready to sell the guns, and he says, how long till the website is done? Which is, in and of itself, an absurd, like, you don't build a website to sell illegal guns. You know what you can do? Is find out who paid for the website. <laughs> Like, you can find a, the person who's behind a website very easily. Well, but he says, it's going to take a week. And I was like, it's 1997, man. Just get an Angel Fire page and let's get this sucker going. Like, I'm, you don't I'm need gl- a shopping cart. I'm glad you brought that up, Pokes. It, it, is, it can be hard to put together a quality website. But with Squarespace, it's uh, an all-in-one website launching platform. It'll build your homepage for you. It'll give you. You can buy a domain ben, right there. We didn't. We didn't actually get that. That we contract. Did, we didn't get. The all right. All right. Fuck. Shit. Damn it. So wait. So I shouldn't bring up Blue Apron later when we're Shit. talking about the souffle. We didn't get that one either. God damn it. So why do I have a Lisa mattress then, Pokes? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, but yeah, that's that's the third act. Is that he's got a website. With, with we... a bunch a laser gun. It, literally, there had to be a storyboard somewhere where someone write, okay, he's got the laser gun website going. So so now the plot's really humming. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, then there becomes a, like, one of the most absurd, like, the ending scene in this movie. Because let's face it, there's not a whole lot that goes on between this. Yeah, he, gets in, he gets in one more fight with a bank robbery and he saves this cop and the cop can ID him and lets him go. And it's like, oh, as if, like, anybody couldn't ID the fucking only seven foot tall person probably in Los Angeles. It's not like there's but hold on. people. I want to talk about an extremely confusing scene, which is the final fight scene between Judd Nelson and Shaquille O'Neal, which is a fun sentence to say, in which um, Judd's standing one foot away from Steel. He is, he has, yes. Steel has been shot off a balcony and has fallen on the stage of this weird auction, which apparently, by the way, isn't how an internet auction works. You yes, don't then go to the website to ask. But can we talk real quick before you get too far into this God about the uh, the assembled crowd? Yeah. Which oh, is right. Like, there's like there's like neo Nazis, French military, <laughs> French military resistance. There is also what appears to be like KKK members. Yeah, it's like the most jarring organization of people <laughs> I've ever seen that this guy is selling guns to, and I'm like. Why couldn't they have just been gangs? Why why did they have to be, like, the worst human beings alive? It was crazy. And they're, like, all... They're, like, such characters that you're, like, I don't think that's the way these people dress. Like, they don't come dressed in the uniforms. Yeah. Like, you know, he's, like, neo-Nazis just walk around, like, oh, we still look like neo-Nazis. Yeah, like, we gotta still look like Nazis. Especially considering that the man who is running your operation, Judd, and the entirety of of your current active crew... Are black guys don't yeah don't bring neo nazis and kkk members well, there's as also your first a weird, customers 
There's also a weird thing with the eye patch guy where he meets him in the park to tell him to get rid of uh, steel or whatever, and he gives him a hot dog, and he's like, I don't eat that, and he's like, oh, it's a turkey dog. And the guy eats it, and then at the end, when he turns on him, he's like, that wasn't a turkey dog. And I'm like, what the fuck is this joke with this turkey dog? Is this like supposed to be like a like making fun of Muslims? Like, did he trick him into eating pork? Was that supposed to be like the bit? But I was like, I, I don't understand no what the idea. fuck is happening. They they went they, that that did not get cut from the movie. No, so somebody it, really meant that to be in there. Somebody was like, this is a great like a great burn on this Muslim guy. That's the only thing I could think of because I was like, well, I guess you know Muslims don't eat pork; they're kosher. And so I was like, I guess that's it. But I'm like, that's a really long walk to a joke that is not funny or an insult that is not good. For the L.A. gangbanger. Yeah, yeah, too, as if, like, he's, like, you know, the fucking pinnacle of Islam. If he's he's devout anything, like, he's just, like, a He's an (laughs) eyepatch-wearing guy who's lasering people for money. Like, I don't know why he's got religious conviction. He's like, I'd love to rob that bank, but I gotta say evening prayer. I just don't feel that's coming up. I just, it was such a, because I couldn't figure out what else it could possibly I, mean. I, I do have to agree with you. The the, the, the Space Pirates uh, I, I, Islam subplot was deeply confusing. Because I was like, it's either that or I'm like, is this like some sort of racist thing about black people not eating hot dogs? Like, I was like, I don't get the joke. Like, I was like, I, is there something wrong with me that I don't understand what's going on? Or should I feel good about myself because I don't know what's going on? We we've all we've all heard that 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 classic that classic uh, assumption about about black gangbangers from L.A. is that they they, they do not like hot dogs. They love watching, but oddly love brats. They're very serious about watching the red meat. Um, but uh, this fight sequence, so so, so Shaq is or Steel is calling supposed- it a fight sequence is an interesting choice of words. Steel is yeah I know Steel is supposedly disabled. Uh, He's been knocked down onto this stage, and that shouldn't do anything to him. He's in a steel suit. He should be fucking fine. It's like a story. But he gets up, and like I think they take his hammer, and now he seems yes. like he's disabled, despite the fact that he's still in a suit of armor. Well, I think what it's supposed to be is he won't do anything because they have a gun on Sparks. But, it, but the way he plays it is as if he cannot move. It's not like they're like, we're going to kill your friend. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he like puts his hands up. He plays it as if like he's like, I can't move now. They've got sparks. I've lost my... It does come off as like you're like, something's wrong with him. He can't... His suit isn't functioning or he can't move. But really, I think it's just supposed to be he's afraid they're going to shoot sparks. It's... But, but he's like a foot from sparks and he's in bulletproof armor. And the only person that has a gun on sparks appears to be Judd Nelson. So all he has to do is just punch Judd Nelson. Like, it's it's a very simple well, then, setup. But what's insane is, is so he tricks Judd Nelson into activating the electromagnet on the hammer, which turns on the electromagnetics in his suit. So everybody's gun flies to steel. Then Sparks has outfitted her wheelchair with, like, machine guns. Yeah. And just starts spinning in a circle firing. Now, keep in mind, there's several innocent people who are also here. There's that kid that's like, I I think he's related to Shaq. I could not figure out that kid's no. subplot at all. I don't know if he was his nephew. It was they not say as, who his mother is. It was nowhere near as solid as the hot dog subplot. But, yeah, this, yeah. this wheelchair... It's, it's odd I know more about that guy's dietary needs than who this kid was. But yeah, the, the wheelchair starts spinning. Rockets are fucking everywhere. And 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 <laughs> she's not covered at all. Like she's just like Oh yeah, totally anybody exposed. could just shoot her. But she's and it's just like she's just spinning in a circle. It's insane. But and she's like just firing off lasers and it's just like I was like, what the fuck is happening? But we have to get to the moment that we would be literally arrested for if we did not cover. There is a moment where where Shaquille O'Neal rescues this strange boy that we're supposed to yeah. care about. And, and relative t- i don't know and Secret takes lover who knows and is and is quickly shut into this small wooden room that he could easily shoulder out whether or not he had metal armor on the like, kid could shoulder out <laughs> and someone throws uh i guess what what you'd call a uh two minute grenade into the oh room. <laughs> yeah a grenade whose fuse is set to like an hour and 28 minutes so the grenade hits the ground a kid picks it up and says and walks like walks over to shaquille o'neal and says 
we need to get this out of here. And he takes the grenade and goes, this grenade? We need to get this out of here? Yeah. Like- <laughs> and this is, this is the culmination of a really long runner that I'm like, this is a, like a running joke that I don't know why they put it in the movie. It makes no sense. The, he, the joke is Shaquille O'Neal is famous for being like the worst free throw shooter in the NBA. Like he was terrible. People they would when they had to foul somebody, they would foul him because he would never make the th- free throws. He had a terrible percentage. So that's the running joke throughout the movie. He keeps shooting small shots and missing every time. So this last time, there's a little hole in this fence in the ceiling, and the kid's like, "You got to get it out there." Now at this point, this kid has only seen this dude be the least like baller, like cannot hit a shot to save his life. Why doesn't the kid just fucking throw it? Like, he, instead he gives it to a guy who's like, there's a pretty good chance we're going to die because this idiot can't make a free throw. And then they, I guess they were like, nobody's going to get this joke who's seen this movie. So he's like, free throws, I never make these. And you're just like, can you just throw it through the fucking hole already? <laughs> this, at this point, this grenade's blown up four or five times in real life. It's so, it's, like, I know that obviously movies screw with some of the dynamics of, of munitions and guns. But, I mean, this one, even, like, the most un- unaware of the 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 eight-year-old watching this movie is like i don't think grenades take yeah (laughs) every other grenade in a movie explodes the second it gets near what what you want it to blow up if it's you know if you throw it and you want it to hit a guy's shoe and blow up it will if you need to throw it directly at him and it'll blow up it will grenades just do what they want you to do yeah but this one is just like i don't know man i was thinking about blowing up but it just seems like a lot of effort so it's it, it was it was crazy. I even I have a note that in my notes it just says, "Wow, that's the longest grenade or longest grenade fuse time in history." So it's very it, and the scene is so long. I was like, seriously, I, we get it. As soon as they threw it in there, I'm like, he's gonna have to make a free throw to get it out, and that's gonna be the joke, and it's not gonna pay off because no one gives two fucking shits. But at this point, Pogues, uh, with the fight completed, we get to the best joke in the entire movie, which is where Shaquille. O'Neal, this character, Steel, Shaquille O'Steel, um, is, is Steel O'Neal. Steel O'Neal is talking to the general that he previously spoke to and disguising his voice because he's pretending to be his alter ego, <clears throat> Steel, uh, much the way Batman would. And to disguise his voice, he's using the tech that Sparks has, and she and he and, and she is changing his voice to sound like. Shaquille O'Neal doing an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. I don't know who that is doing an Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation, but I, I I felt like a little bit of like a moment of pride that I was like, thank God, there's one person in the world who does a worse Arnold Schwarzenegger imitation than me. Because <laughs> I was like, I even put in the notes, I'm like, is that because sub- like the general's like, okay, Arnold, I know that's not you, and I was like, that was supposed to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. But more importantly, I have a couple of questions. One is that. If you're a superhero who disguises your own voice, don't do it the Batman way. You got you got to drop it a few octaves. Don't don't do a totally different voice that you can't do on your own without a computer to help you. Yeah, he's only going to talk to the general via the phone. Also, like when you're a superhero and you're trying to protect your identity and you're calling someone that knows who you are in real life has met you, it's probably not going to matter if you disguise your voice at night because he has all of the information about a seven-foot-tall black man in a steel suit with ultra-tech that was developed by the same person you're talking to. Like, there's no way the general's not like, yeah, I, I know it's you, John Henry. You you built the gun that you're using. You're the only one who knows how to build them. So I know it's you. No. Also, you're the only seven-foot-tall black man I know. I'm not John Henry. <laughs> and you seem to operate... when they We all lost track of steel at the junkyard you own. Yeah, they, they pieced it together. They chased him there, and while they did have, like, a garage for him to hide his bike in, it still brought all the police there. They're going to come yeah. in. They're going to look around. Like, Yeah, I think they would just be like, who owns this? And they come back, and they're like, wow, a really tall black guy. It would be I like, think we might have found him. It would be like all the cops chase Bruce Wayne, and he pulls into the garage of Wayne Manor, and then comes comes running to the front door, still taking the costume off. Be like, what do you mean? A bad guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's just like, and too, the thing that kept getting me was, I was like, I was like I'm, you know, I mean, physically, at his size, it's like, no one's ever not going to know who this fucker is. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. They're even trying to disguise it. And then to be like, I'll just lead him back to the place that my uncle owns. No one will do any research on this. Oh. Um, but folks, the whole movie ultimately was um, a valuable payoff because, you know, Shaquille O'Neal's aunt got that restaurant. 
So Yeah, Shaquille O'Neal's aunt got a restaurant, which I didn't know she wanted to open. That must have been mentioned in a scene where she was whispering. But one, I don't think when you open a restaurant you can put tables on a sidewalk. I'm nope. pretty sure that's illegal. Uh, I, I live in a city. Uh, it's located in the Midwest. It's uh, one of the larger ones. Um, but uh, in my experience, yeah, that will get Detroit. you fined. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I was gonna say you can't. I mean, that's a public space. Nobody, you, you know, the city owns the sidewalk. Oh, so that's a house. What's great is that's just a house yeah. with tables in front. <laughs> she also comes out and she's like, "They're like, you finally made your souffle," and everybody's like excited. I'm like, that joke needed a payoff. Like, was that like, was there somebody in the theater that was like, "Hold on." They're not going to explain whether or not she got, she ever made that souffle. I couldn't believe they were like, we really need to answer this joke. I, I was thrilled that that, that that had a payoff. I was not thrilled that the camera didn't pan out and we saw space pirate L.A. Gangster eating a turkey dog. That's what I needed. Or he's eating the he's eating the souffle. He's like, there ain't no pork in this, right? <laughs> Asalamualaika. Um, <laughs> just to really sell that joke in. Yeah, just really lock it down. <laughs> Um, All right, well, also, though, did you think it was weird? So the, the movie's been building up that Shaq and Sparks kind of got like a spark, if you will. And at the end, she shows that she built her wheelchair to let her stand up, which just seems like a weird thing to include in a wheelchair. Like, it doesn't feel yeah. like it has any practical use. But she stands up and he comes up to her and just hugs her. They never kiss. Did you think that was weird? Yeah. I was like, was... I was like, did he, was the actress like, I'm not kissing him. But it was like one of those moments where I'm like, oh, was was there supposed to be a romance here that I missed? Like, cause I, well, there's it, like a romance. It's just not good. No, yeah. And then, and then we just roll fucking credits in this stupid restaurant and the movie. And, but we also, they also go back and play this song for a second time, which I was like, did they write this song for this movie where the song's like, steel, it's a strong metal. That's not really what they said, but it's like, they just keep saying steel. And I was like, I really hope someone wrote this for this movie. And steel. they didn't, they weren't, they, his hammer's a gun. It's steel. <laughs> he also rides a motorcycle. I don't get it either, but I'm sure somewhere it'll make sense later on. Steel. Uh, also. <laughs> right. Steel. I can't make a free throw. <laughs> we got Shaft for this movie. Um, this, Pokes, would you, you watch this with a group of friends. So you got to have the classic bad movie experience. In that context, would you encourage someone to watch this film? Uh, if you like bad movies and you want to make fun of it, then I say, yeah, go ahead and watch it. It's it's worth it with a group of friends to make fun of. Now, if you are in your office uh, uh, by yourself and uh, you want to watch a movie, let me tell you from my context, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, that's, that's fair I feel like this this definitely falls in the category sometimes when we, we watch these movies I'll say I'm like I think it'd be good to watch with people this movie just does not have Shaquille O'Neal appeal uh, I need to just point out two things real quick I went to look up the soundtrack the song is called Steal Yourself and I can only hope it was written and performed for this movie but there is a song called Straight Playing written by G- DJ Quick G1, Peter Guns, Lord Tariq, and Shaquille O'Neal, performed by Shaquille O'Neal. I did not know this, and now it's the only thing I want to listen to. Forever. Oh, although my man Lord Tariq's in there. I love that guy. Um, All right, is that like a legitimate, I don't know who Lord Tariq is? No! Uh, <laughs> I believe that does it for Steel this week, Pogues. Um, I, I believe so. I did also just notice when going to IMDb, there is the first review is one star, and it just starts with, perhaps with the exception of Barbed Wire. I don't think I've watched anything that comes anywhere near this. It's like, uh-oh, we watched both those movies. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. What have we done to ourselves? Uh, so in closing, Ben says no to Steel. I say, uh, I mean, if you can watch it with some friends, I feel like it's got some some legs to it, maybe. Um, I so d- I, I I just tempted to 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 fill in our, our our ever ever standing joke where we check to see why Roger Ebert gave it three stars uh, is the name of the segment um, and uh, guess what comes up when I type in Steel Shaquille nineteen ninety seven Roger Ebert film uh, a review of the movie Real Steel with you Hugh Jackman <laughs> God damn it. <laughs>
Well, I mean, just real quick, what did he give Real Steel? I'm curious. <laughs> the movie's so bad that even Google's algorithm can't work it out when I give it nine keywords. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe he just never saw it. We can hope. It's probably the one time where uh, he, he just didn't like a movie. I think this is, I think it's finally it. I think we finally found it. Because I, I, I legitimately think he did not see this movie because I tried <laughs> typing in the year and everything and there's nothing. Uh, 12, though, in Rotten Tomatoes. A 12% with a 15% user rating. So Not bad. Top of the line, fellas. Um, until next week, you can follow us anywhere at NAOSPod, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you listen to the podcast... Uh, please go and rate and review us wherever you listen to it. If you get it from just the RSS feed or if you want to go and review it at iTunes, that would be cool because Apple actually will only promote shows that get reviews. Like if your show has a million listens but no one reviews it, they won't promote it because Apple, I don't know. So you, if you would like to you know, give us a five-star review there, write a little something, that'd be sweet. Please feel free to tell people you know to listen to it if you think this is something they would enjoy. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at its pogues, Ben. Uh, I can be found at the Disco Pony online, and definitely tune into our Instagram or Facebook page where we're updating with content. Uh, I will definitely try and clip out the scene of <laughs> of Shaquille O'Neal attempting to run or slowly disappearing away from a crime scene on on an escalator. <laughs> but <laughs> the, the greatest of all exits. <laughs> all right, we'll come back next week. We'll have a mini episode. We'll tell you what movie is next up. 